It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Many of us have a strong desire to become a better person. We read books and complete programs, and yet we still struggle. What we feel called to do can sometimes seem impossible. Joining us today to talk about our potential for transformation and how we can discover the seed of possibility in every moment is Guy Finley, an internationally renowned spiritual teacher. Guy is the founder and director of Life of Learning Foundation and a best-selling author. Welcome, Guy. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. I'm glad to be with you, Joan. Nice to speak with you again. Guy, I always enjoy our conversations, and in the past, we've talked about living life to the fullest, finding the greatness within, aligning with the divine, but I love today's topic, which is finding the seed of possibility in every moment, because I think it offers to us hope, and hope is something that many people have lost today, especially when they're facing a difficult situation. So why do you believe that there isn't a moment that doesn't hold the seed of possibility? Joan, the thing is, is that we, we, we've lost sight of the fact that each of us in and of ourselves is a very unique creature, that we have capacity for change that is unequaled, but because of the world that we are in, the, the social systems that govern us, the, the endless pursuit of wanting approval, all of these ideas that our worth as a human being is determined by the world around us has literally locked us into a kind of closet where you know there's four things hanging there. And if we can't have one of the four things the world imagines makes us unique and special, then we feel like we've lost out. And it's just not, it's just not the case. We, we are unique. We are created to receive impressions and be changed by them so that there's no moment in which, understood properly, we can't enter into a new understanding that allows us to participate in a, in, in, in a how should I say that, in a world where we are forever being shown new possibilities about ourselves. And I think the problem, Guy, you know, you you keep stressing how we're unique, but we are continually being given messages trying to make us conform to be the way everyone else is. That's exactly it. Imitation is an absolute destructive force, and and it requires clarification because uh, let's say you want to learn how to play golf or paint or play the piano, you're moved to want to develop that part of yourself because you watch a master, you listen to some uh, uh, violinist, and you're moved. And so it seems to you that the way to become uh, what you are moved to become is to imitate that. But 
a real master will tell you that they did not get to that place in their life by imitation, but rather by discovering what was latent in them through the process of exploring their possibilities, not trying to confirm them according to some imagined ideal, but rather getting in with the pick and shovel, so to speak, and, and, and learning about oneself. That's how we get past this idea of an imitative life, because as you said, that's where we are today. God help our children. Well, you just mentioned our children, Guy. You know, you're older, I'm older, we have more wisdom because of what we've experienced in life. But every single message that's being given to our kids today is to conform that if you stand out, you will be bullied and mocked and ridiculed. So how do we get this messaging to our kids? Oh, boy, you know, it, it, honestly, Joan, you know, I've been, I've been, I've spent the last 50 years of my life uh, talking and teaching, trying as best I can to convey this idea that the value of a human being, a child's value, is what that man or woman or child can realize about themselves, not prove to themselves that they're like somebody else. The, the whole prospect of individuality has been lost because we don't know what it means to be an individual anymore. In the truest sense of the word, Joan, the word individual means undivided, a singularity. And when you measure the idea of an undivided singularity, a man or a woman who is content and at peace with himself or herself because of what they are, not because of what they have and not because of what others think of them, but because what they have found within themselves that they can be awakened to and realize as the gift of this life and its unending, how shall I say, the unending discovery of a treasure that lies latent in the human being waiting to be uncovered. If we could teach our children that in and of themselves they are already more than they will ever need to be, then we would have a shot. And that's the thing, you know, so many of us, we have to start with the adults, with the parents, with the teachers, and, and teach the kids these lessons. But the problem is, Guy, that so many people are afraid of what they're experiencing in life. They're trying to push down the bad experiences. And, and in my own life, I think I have grown and learned the most from the unpleasant, the bad experiences, more than I ever have when life was going smoothly. So a, a lot of your work is about finding those seeds of hope, of possibility when you're facing a challenge. So how does someone learn how to stop running away and suppressing and fearing these unpleasant unpleasantries in life to find those seeds? It's, 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 such, a, it's such a great topic. But we have to have new self-knowledge. I think it was Einstein said that the, the solution... Uh, to the problem can't be found within the mind that creates it. Right. And we, we live with a mind that is looking at the world through a, a, in a, through in, from inside of a box. And all we know, all we are taught as adults and as we teach our children is that if there is some experience you don't like, control it, 
change it or run from it. And it takes a certain amount of time to discover the old adage, what you go around comes back around. And the reason what you go around comes back around because what you're trying to get away from is your own consciousness. The moment we don't like in life isn't because the moment, the moment doesn't come in and go, you know, I'm really going to cause Joan some trouble here. The moment reveals the consciousness that we come into that moment with. So when we have an experience we don't like, what we really don't like is the experience of our own consciousness. And you can't escape that. It can only be transformed, transcended. That's the beauty of what we're talking about. The realization of a need for a new relationship with life based on a new understanding of ourselves. And so it's staying in possibility. Yes, it, it's, it, well, we could say it that way, Joan, but I think another way of saying that would be realizing the impossibility, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to get away from, well, let's fill in the blanks for the listeners. I've been trying to get away from my impatience, from my anger, from my regrets, from my doubts, from my sense of inadequacy. I've been trying to get away from what I believe are the, the memories and the conditions that create these pains in me for as long as I've been in a body. And I've never done it. Why? Because wherever I go, there I am. There is that consciousness. You know the passage in the scripture Christ said, I go before you to make the crooked places straight? You know, how about there's something in us that goes before us to make sure it makes a mess out of everything so that then we can struggle with whatever that imagination points to for the rest of our lives and mm-hmm. all for nothing. So all of those things that you just listed that you're working on, each of those things has an energy. And I've heard you say that when something meets what it doesn't want there, there's an energy. Can you explain to us a little bit about that energy, how it impacts our life and the way we end up living? I love that question, Joan. (laughs) I love that question. Yes, I'm so happy to. First of all, listeners, if you want to write something down important, if you have any interest at all in, in, in this topic of how can we transform our consciousness and therefore transform our experience, not try to change our experience by avoiding our consciousness, then here's an important idea. Resistance cannot learn. Even a a moment's contemplation proves that if I resist a moment, I'm trying to push the moment away that I blame for my pain. And you can't learn about anything by resisting it. It's literally impossible. Resistance is separation. So when I resist an unwanted experience, I'm trying to prove that somehow or other, the experience and who I am are separate things. And they're not. They're a singularity. So when I realize that resistance merely ensures the repetition of that experience, then I can begin to explore the immense energy that takes place when we start to feel this moment we don't want. We never go beyond that moment, Joan. All we do is try to get away from it. If we want to be free, if we want to transcend ourselves, we have to discover what lies beyond resistance, what lies beyond the moment I don't want. 
And if we'll be brave enough, courageous enough to explore that, we'll realize that there is no moment I don't want without a me that came into that moment demanding the moment be other than it is. And that's impossible. I experienced something similar. Like when my marriage was ending, I was changing and my partner, my husband didn't like those changes. And, 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 and I think a lot of it was because if I changed and he didn't change with me, what we had would end. And I think that's why there was a resistance to that. So when you are evolving and you're growing and the person that you're with isn't, is there a way that you can salvage that type of relationship, whether it be a spouse, a friend, a coworker, whatever it is, when you're growing and, and becoming a higher nature, a higher energy, can you maintain a close bond with someone who has no willingness to do that? Well, that's a, a tough road to hoe, Joan, uh, as you well know. I mean, when we are looking at relationships like that, we have to realize that the relationship that we're drawn to originally, we're drawn to it because there's something in it that helps us grow as another human being. I'm drawn to a person because they help me discover parts of myself I didn't know were there. Like I look out of this beautiful spring day and seeing all of the fresh, verdant green, I experience myself in a way that that relationship makes possible. It reveals to me the content of my own consciousness in that moment. So I'm with somebody and we have that initial uh, attraction because each of us is learning about ourselves through the other person. But if the other person no longer wishes to uh, grow, meaning to explore the new possibilities, then they will be drawn to what they're drawn to and you're drawn to what you're drawn to. And there is oftentimes natural separation that feels fearful because we have attachments and dependencies on what has been. But as you evidence from what you said, the, the wish to discover more, uh, more truth, more understanding always trumps the, 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 uh, the inertia of a relationship that has grown uh, stale. Mm -hmm. That's just the way that it is. There's nothing you can do. And Guy, is that the lower nature that you speak about? We can use the word lower nature. Uh, you know, we have all of us, we come into this world, we have the things we're drawn to, things that we, we, we struggle with. And it's just, you know, I look out, I'm looking at 10,000 trees on this hilltop. Every tree is different. Some men and women just have no interest at all in developing themselves because their level is still that which they believe that who they are, their value is determined by the people around them. One day, another person realizes I'm a victim of anybody whose approval I want because I sell my soul to get it. I'm a victim of the job that I struggle to, to go to that I don't want to because it keeps my life that I don't want in place. I mean, it just becomes evident. That's what's so fascinating to me, Joan. There's so much to do about a, an authentic spiritual life when if we were just honest with ourselves and realized that we keep doing the things that we don't want to do, hoping that if we struggle long enough, we'll escape the struggle. It's, it's crazy. 
Mm-hmm. We have to recognize that there are certain struggles that have to come to an end. Struggling with what I fear has never changed this fearful nature. Struggling who, with who makes me angry has never freed me of my anger. We must go within, and we must understand that if we're ever going to outgrow or transcend this lower nature, it's going to begin with discovering how and where its influence over us has drawn us into the, the problem relationships that we have. That's how it changes, seeing the truth. And Guy, what happens in our life when we do that? Oh, hold on. <laughs> oh, God, what a, what, a, what, a, what a trip, Joan. I'm, I, I am speaking now personally, which I don't usually do, but I shall. I've had, in my own 74 years, I've had at least five different lifetimes. We're supposed to have different lifetimes, Joan. Like a kid that goes to an amusement park and he can't wait to get on that one ride. And then one day... He looks at the ride and he says, you know, I've been on that a hundred times. I, I, is there something else? I've been angry a thousand times. Is there something else I can be in this moment? I've been impatient. I've been jealous a thousand times. I've ruined so many moments with other people because of my, my, uh, my need for f- approval. It, 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 when that moment comes and I feel that, that ride, that consciousness getting ready to whop up all that content is there something else that can happen in that moment? That's, that's the journey. Because our experience, moment to moment, is nothing other than the way our present consciousness enters into and what it takes out of each moment. What does it find in the moment? Can I find something new? We're drawn to that, Joan. We started our conversation that way. We are created to be renewed. We are created to go through transformation on a daily basis, not every 15 years because of a sour relationship or a bad business deal. But that's for each individual to discover. You and I are just encouraging that through our conversation. And Guy, you just said that in your 74 years, you lived many lifetimes, many different life oh, yeah. lives. Oh, yeah. the, the problem with most people is that when something is coming to an end, rather than seeing a, an exciting new beginning, we cling to that ending. We fear making that transition. So is there something you could say to someone to help that person let go and and see the next life with excitement and joy and passion? Don't make deals with pain. We're always negotiating with ourselves because we want, just as you said, there are parts of us. It isn't Joan. It isn't Guy. Listener, it isn't you who fears the pain of ending something. There is an order of consciousness that is fully identified with, attached to, and that clings to the past because everything that I know about myself is formulated through those old relationships and the way I remember them. And at some point, we have to move past this consciousness that wants to live with what was in favor of entering into the new possibilities of what is. And the pain, the fear of the end of something is the reincarnation of that consciousness. It makes deals, it negotiates, it postpones. It's always trying to avoid suffering what is in front of us that cannot be avoided. But we manage to do it. Most addicts, drug addicts, uh, alcoholics, food, foodies, uh, these 
these destructive patterns in our life are ways in which we have agreed to substitute something, some other pleasure, some other plan for what we don't want to see has come to an end. Let it be. Let it go. And as I like to say, this life is one big journey of letting go. And if we're willing to see the end of something and not fear it, but rather bear that long enough to recognize there's no hope in clinging to something that's dead or that is nothing but a new pain every day, then I have to just dare to let go and see what happens. That's why I love this topic today, because when I was going through all of my losses and all of my pain, I was literally torturing myself because I was clinging so much to the past because I didn't know how to move forward and I was afraid to move forward that I was creating my own pain by staying yeah. there. And and that's yeah. why I think what, what you're saying and the work that you're doing about showing us the possibility in every moment, it was once I made that transition of starting to say, well, maybe it was that word, maybe, maybe there's something else for me that I was able to let go of that pain. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure that if I was to rephrase that slightly, you would agree with me. In the end, it isn't die that lets go of the pain. In the end, it's the discovery that clinging to the pain just ensures that nothing's going to change, that hoping the pain will go away somehow is going to deliver me into some painless life. At some point, to use other words, we have to die to ourselves. That's what rebirth is. We're meant to have a, a, a life in which it becomes so clear that the path I am in will never deliver the peace that I want. It'll never bring the proper sense of prosperity of security. So what other choice do I have? That, in some ways, Joan, is what's called the dark night of the soul, all the way along one spiritual path is recognizing that there is no intelligence in clinging to something that, as I do, makes me a captive of its promise that tomorrow will be different. And there is no tomorrow that will be different for a consciousness caught in and a captive of its own demands, its own fears. No such thing exists. And God, before we run out of time, I know you have an exciting program that you're offering about this topic. Would you tell us a little bit about it? Oh, thanks for asking that, Joan. Uh, Here in Southern Oregon, where I live and teach, uh, every three months, uh, we have a special event, and we have one coming up in June. We call it the Talks in the Pines, where over a period of three days, I I give four talks, men and women from all over the world come in and join. And we're going to talk about this Uh, transition that you and I have been looking at, this transformation using the the moment in order to let go and enter into a new and higher level of ourselves. It begins uh, June the 23rd, goes through the 25th. Uh, Men and women, as I said, come in. You can find out about it at my website, guyfinley.org. Uh, and for that matter, it'll be it'll be free online as well, all over the world. Uh, you can find out about that at guyfinley.org forward slash classes. So there's a number of ways in which a person can find out about this. Guyfinley.org forward slash let go. Any of those uh, URLs 
will bring you into a free place where you can discover freely all of the information that Joan and I have been talking about. And I would urge you to do so. Life is only really valuable when we discover that we have been given everything we need to be a successful, interior-based human being. Then life has a new meaning. And Guy, in about 30 seconds or less, what is the takeaway from this conversation that you would like to leave our listeners with? There isn't a soul on this planet that is created with your possibilities. But in order for you to actualize those possibilities, you have to be in a conscious relationship with what gave you those possibilities. So it is awakening to that relationship within yourself that allows you to realize everything that awaits you within yourself. And there's no greater journey on this earth. Guy, thank you so much for joining us once again. I love our conversations. You always give me a lot to think about. And I really do love when you come on the show. And I can't wait for our next conversation. And uh, that's what I love about you, Joan. Not that you love our conversations, but that you have in you this willingness, this, this love of what is true. It is so rare and a pleasure to talk to. I promise you that. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.